Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith. And I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Okay, so last week we talked about offended. Maybe you're offended right now because um, I've started the message that way. Um, but it's okay. We're going to deal with that. Last week we talked about shaking it off. We talked about sometimes when bad things happen to good people or even us and we get hurt or wounded or whatever. Uh, it's very easy to get caught in that and it actually stops us. We, we, we become a statue. We're stuck at that wound. We're, we can't move on. It's, it's game over. And so God has actually called us to, to acknowledge that bad things happen to good people and we can shake it off. And just, that's just our expectation. Life is life. It happens. It's not perfect. And, and God has not called us to believe that either. And I think if we believe that, what happens is we get stuck. And so sometimes when we have shipwrecks, we've got to just grab on to pieces of the ship. Like worship. That's cheesy, I know, but you can remember it. Worship fellowship discipleship, the swordship, the lordship of Christ. We've got to hang on to those things for dear life during crazy seasons where everything falls apart because it's in what God has left you and something that's nearby that God is going to deliver you to, to, into your next assignment, into your next season. There is hope. Amen? And so we're going to move on to the next part today. And we're going to talk about you need a mirror. Turn to someone beside you. I know you feel awkward doing it, but do it anyhow. And say, you need a mirror. <laughs> okay, we've broke the ice. Turn to the, person, the other person that you rejected and give them your second best and say, you need a mirror too. <laughs> Ian got away with that. Ian, you need to turn around and tell someone. Okay, now that we've all offended everyone, and we can now give you a way out and how to recover from the offense because um, we all need a mirror. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're a good father. I thank you that you love us and you've got the solution to every problem that we'll ever face. God, I just pray, speak to each and every person, every one of us here through your Holy Spirit into our situations directly, God, just as you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I want to just kick off with a verse. If you've got a Bible, uh, if you've got a notepad, please take notes. Uh, there's going to be a verse on the screen as well. Uh, going to go straight into the scripture. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 to 18, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new has come. The, the new is here. All, all this is from God. As soon as you receive Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, the new has come, and it's all from God all his intention, who reconciled us to him through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So, so when you become a new creation, your chief job, your chief ministry, we talked about the church is not the one person or the few people up here, it's the church down here on the ground, we're all on the same level. We're all ministers of the gospel when you become a new creation. So, but our, what is our ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. Well, what is reconciliation? Well, reconciliation is to restore, is to connect. To, when we talk about love God, love people, we're talking about we want to connect with God, be in one with God, and be at one with people. That's the ministry 
of reconciliation, to bring people back into connection with their, their, the design that God had created them for, which is to be in relationship with God and with people. So, so it's our job to restore that, which sin had disconnected, we are called to reconnect and to restore people to their original purpose. Amen? And so, the problem with that is if we're being seen as a church, as a people, if God's people or Christians or followers of Christ are seen as people who are judgmental, it's very hard to restore and bring people back into a place of reconciliation with God if they think the very representation of God on earth are hypocrites, are judges, or they think they're the elite. Anyone ever been around some people who maybe get zealous and fired up, but they're more fired up about what they know than how much God loves them? They're more fired up about how much maybe better they're living than how much they love the neighbor beside them. And this is why it's very important that as a church we, we preach and we teach through the filter of grace. Because if we don't, what happens is it's just natural. We'll start to, if it becomes about how much we know, and it's just about uh, uh, teaching, then what happens is that we become an intellectual society for people who, who know the depths and depths, scriptures, the Greek, the Hebrew, and really, but there's no true life change, the heart is missing. Now, and also on the other side, if we just preach, 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 and it's all fun, and we're connecting to people's hearts, but we don't give them truth, what happens is we become emotionalism. We become a church that's just about, woo, it feels nice, it didn't feel nice today, God must have been there. And so we've got to have both teaching and preaching. We've we got to teach, but we've got to have the filter of grace and truth. But we must have a tension there that's like a rope at both sides. We must have an equal tension pulling from truth and grace, from preaching to teaching. Or else what happens is we swing off balance. And we start to, to judge people or we just anything goes. We don't have any standards. We don't know, you know, we, there's no truth here. And that's what the world needs. The world, to reconcile people to God, people need truth. The world is confused. They don't know who they are. They're making up all kinds of things, and a lot of the time it's all feelings-based. Oh, I feel like this today. I don't, gender, I, I don't know what I feel like today. It's all full of confusion. When there's truth, things that cannot be changed, things which have been set from the, the beginning of time that we don't get to choose, and we can't step into that because it's ultimate truth. That's only God has a part to play in those things. Amen. And so we need a mirror. We need a mirror. I was driving home from, Ian, you wouldn't, I'll, I'll pull, it, pull it out. I can do that. Hopefully I'll be able to get back up. So I was driving home from, from Port Rush uh, on Saturday, Sunday, Friday night, and I'd went up by Moira towards uh, the north coast, and and uh, was excited because it was the weirdest thing. It was terrible weather down here, and then as soon as we we got past Antrim, all of a sudden the blue skies came out. I'm like, what is going on? But anyhow, we're having a good time. Drove down and, and went to uh, Ramore or Ratmore, and, and had a great meal in there, and hung out with our friend, my friend Big Dean, who I'd known 
uh, from the past and had a really good chat and then came back and so just tired, it was about 12 o'clock and just cruising down the road and the same road that I went up a few hours earlier and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was a big truck in front of me and I was following it and all of a sudden, it, it, it kind of, there was like a detour in the road and I just followed the truck and all of a sudden, it went on through a big lorry and all of, I'm about to go through, there was a few cones and, and, and I'm about to go through and this guy, the worker who was doing some road work, all of a sudden just came and just as, as soon as the lorry passed, he just went like that in the little gap between the cones that were crossing the road. And I'm like, in an instant, I was like, I'm driving through. He's discriminating against, he's judging me. He's just, well, that's, that's not fair. If I was one car ahead, I would have got through. I'm, I'm going through. And I promise you with all of my, everything in me, I was going to trail the cone. I promise you, I was, a, I was very, very, very near to just going straight through the cone because it was so sudden. My instant response was to, that's not fair. Why, why should he get through? You just decided in that moment to stop the road. Let me through, like. At least do it. Don't do it right in my face. If you're going to put a cone down to stop the traffic, at least wait until the area is clear and then, so there's no judgment. But I was, I was so close to just ramming on through and just taking the cone with me. I was like, it'll not do me damage, you know. We'll be all right. But that guy, I don't like him right now. And I nearly pictured like a fight, like a brawl. It's like, I'm really mad here. I'm, I'm seeing red. And I said, right, calm down. And I stopped because I, wanted to, I, wanted to, I, I needed to talk. I didn't want to talk. I needed to talk. I said, what's going on? Hey, what would you do that for? <laughs> do you not like BMs? Or what's happening? Huh? VW, man? All right. And so he ended up telling me, I, I don't know, I actually don't even understand the rest of the story, but, but what ended up happening was he said, no, the road's closed. It was being closed for three hours. He says, if you go on down that road, there's a massive drop and you'll wreck your suspension because they've been digging up the road. And I, I, I kind of thought for a second, well, how'd the lorry go? And then I realized the lorry was a bit bigger than me and maybe the lorry was delivering some equipment. But that didn't matter at the moment because in the moment, this man was the devil. <laughs> it was spiritual warfare 101, it was on. And I was ready to get out like Donkey Kong and take things to the street. And so, so that was an honest response for me. That was my original, some of you right here have got kids and I don't know about you, but I don't think you've ever taught your kids how to sin. But I'm pretty sure any parents in here can testify that they, they learned all by themselves. You didn't have to teach your kids how to sin when they came out of the womb. Within seconds, minutes, they knew, they knew it was a natural. You see, same as us as people, if we're not careful and if we're not equipped, very very often in life, if we start to look at people from the surface, we can very quickly perceive what we see on the outside to be wrong, to judge people and want to do things and run all over them as Christians because they're not doing things the way we think they should. And what I had to quickly realize was that that guy actually helped me out. And as I started to look at my heart and how I had judged and how, how I had assumed and how I had written my own story, I realized that if I had went and done my own thing, I would have created a mess. I would have probably damaged my car. And at the end of the day, I would have felt bad about it because I rebelled against the law. 
against the system that was put in place actually to protect me. I think so often, and so, and, 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 as people, if we're not careful and we don't have certain things in place, we will do the same when it comes to God, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to church. We will look at people from the surface who's doing the kids' ministry or, or who maybe came late once or, or maybe someone, we all do it, or, or maybe someone that hasn't been in a while. And, and, and you're going to look at the situation, it's not how you would like it to be. They should be here more. See their kids. And you're not going to understand that there's actually some, some issues down the road that you don't know about. There's actually there's a drop in the road that would damage your suspension if you try to judge them, prejudge, because you'll judge and then you'll find the truth out. And that's why I remember someone saying, if you knew every, it's not a person you wouldn't love if you knew their story. But so often we're walking around, we've got to be very careful. And so, and so I just love um, this scripture in Matthew 7, verses 1 to 3, and it says this. It says, do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you'll be treated as you treat others. And the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? You need a mirror. You need a mirror. This is not the mirror from my house, by the way. But you need a mirror. John Latina, come on up. Too comfortable there. John Latina had a long night, so I'm going to keep him awake. You know what? He was working last night, barely any sleep when he came anyhow. Why? Because he puts God's kingdom first. Come on. So... But at the same time, he shared his heart and he was honest. He says, Phil, I'm tired, but I'm coming anyhow. So I'm going to help him out and let him stand on the stage. <laughs> and so if John Atino's there, and he's part of the Roadworks representation, I'm looking at him. Maybe it might represent any situation in your life. The problem is if I look to him on the surface and I see some things and I'm, it doesn't look right, there's a roadblock and there's some things he's not letting me know. I can very easily prejudge. And, and the problem with that is, as we find out, I don't know what's down the road. I don't know what's beneath the surface. If I understood that there actually was some uh, road that I couldn't travel on, and it would actually damage me if I prejudged and, and, and just done my own thing, then what would ha- happen is I would be worse off, and the whole situation would be worse off. And the people around me would be worse off, and the people in the car traveling, doing life with me would be worse off. But if I could just, if I could just take for a moment a wee look at myself and have a look in the mirror, Phil, Phil, what, what's going on here? What's, what a, what's your attitude? Stop looking at that guy that didn't let you do what you wanted to do and start looking at where's your heart at. Are you loving God and are you loving people in this moment? And see, what happens in life, instead of us using a mirror, we love to use this as a lens of a camera. And see, what it's designed to do is it's designed to focus and and to zoom in. It's designed to magnify what's in front. And so, so often, instead of looking at a mirror, what we do is we magnify. We might even magnify by using our phone or or, or an Instagram. What are they doing? I, I don't know about you, but every time I do that, I don't feel good. It makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel discontent. I do it anyhow. 
I'm addicted, I've got an issue. I'm working through it, I'm a work in progress. But what I've learned, I'm preaching to myself here, what I've learned is that, that my natural slant, my natural way of life is to do this, to focus in on what other people are doing. And before I know it, I'm like, why are they doing that? Why are they doing it that way? I would never do that. And what happens is I start to then forget about me and focus on them. And actually, in some weird way, it makes me feel better for a short while. And then I, I don't just focus on them. I start to talk to people in the car with me about them, about what just happened. Can you believe that? Can you believe what, what is he doing? What a mess. Roadblocks and all. The road should be perfect. It should be flowing. There should never be any work needed in the road of life. There should never be any delays. It should be all nice and perfect. And then all of a sudden, bang, I look in the mirror. And see, the beautiful thing about the mirror is I can't focus on people when I'm looking in the mirror. I can't see Jonatino as I'm looking in the mirror because I'm seeing myself. You see, in order for, put our hands together for Jonatino. Come on, mate. He's still awake. He's still awake. He's doing well. See, in order for us to be what God has called us to be, we're going to need a mirror and not a magnifying glass. We don't need a lens to focus on other people. You see, if everyone in here could just, you see, if we want the church to grow, you know what needs to happen? We individually need to grow. It's not this kind of outwardness. That's why I always try to say, like, listen, social media is good. We try to promote the church on social media, but you know how we go to the church? By you individually inviting a friend. Take responsibility. Look in the mirror. Am I inviting people? Some big old uh, uh, you know, advertisement won't cut it. People need to know they belong, that you're with them. That's how you grow. Oh, well, uh, we, we need to get deeper in the scriptures. Well, well are you in the scriptures? You're not going to grow by one sermon a week. You're not going to grow by just a, a decent preach on a weekly basis. You're not going to grow by even being in a team in, in regards to knowing truth. You're going to grow by you becoming a self-feeder. We talked about last week, a church done three mi million pounds worth of research on their mega church. They found out one thing. How do you grow people? You get people or you encourage people to get into the Word, but you can't grow them. You can, we can only create environments, healthy environments as best we can, but we can't grow you. Your life cannot spiritually grow without you. You've got to look, get yourself a mirror. That's how you're going to grow. You, listen, you know when I worship the best? When I've looked in the mirror and realized I'm a sinner, saved by grace, and I need God. That's when I worship the best. I don't worship the best when I'm just like, oh, that's an amazing song, the way they're singing it. Oh, the light. You see the way the light moved? Oh, Lord. I don't, that doesn't, after the first time, it's over. I, I will get excited the first time, let's be honest. But after, I'm done after, like, you better do something different to entertain me. I'm done. It doesn't last. But you can worship consistently if you're worshiping God from a place of, hey God, I've looked in the mirror this morning and realized I'm broken just the same as I was yesterday, but your grace is sufficient. And as I keep looking in the mirror, I keep saying that your grace is bigger and bigger because I start to see that flip as I get older, I'm more of a sinner than I once thought I was. 
You see, when I was in my 20s, I thought I knew more than I thought I did. And now in my 30s, I realize I don't really know very much. <laughs> You're like, what? what's going on? Get filled, get filled down quick. <laughs> first point, I'm going to go through these quick enough. Um, the first point, the mirror will show you your need for grace. You see, it's the grace of God that moves us forward. It's not your performance. If it's performance, it's, it's based on a law. A law is a performance. But the problem is we're going to see roadblocks in life. The, the problem is you're going to have to, to, to cut off some people in your life for a season until you get yourself right. Some of us are in toxic relationships. You've got to cut them off to get yourself right. There's a roadblock. It won't be nice for a season. It won't look perfect. People are going to maybe judge you. But if we can't live by a law. Jesus, didn't, he came, Jesus came to fulfill the law so that we didn't have to, to free us from it. James 1 and 22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. That's the truth side. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. And now if you read on in this, in this chapter, what you'll see is that it talks about what true religion, undefiled religion looks like. You see, what is that really saying? It's saying that there's a defiled religion. There's religion that's fake. There's a religion that we see and we're all capable of it where we're just kind of saying the right things, going to church, posting the right posts, but really on the... This is the reason why, if I, if I am ever around a pastor or a minister and I feel like they're doing it for the wrong reason, I don't want to be around them. If I'm around some people who, who are in positions and, and they've lost the true heart of why they're doing it, it's become fake, they're about performance and looking a certain way, I really don't want to be around them. If, if someone's a leader in the church and, and obviously in this church we'll be having a conversation. <laughs> But if I, I feel like someone's saying one thing and, they're, and they're, there's some stuff going on, that sh- they're, they're talking a certain way out of the buttons of the, the heart, the mouth speaks. If there's something not right, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to put the cone up. Let's get the purity out because it's holding back God's goodness from your life. You don't get grace. We've got to live a true life, but it, it can't be lived by performance. That's why people miss the point. They come in and they think it's all about ticking boxes. You've missed the point. It's the worst part, worst place to start. See, it goes on to talk about uh, truly undefiled religion after this point that was made about looking in the mirror. It says it's feeding orphans. It's looking after the sick. The, uh, th- that's what's true. Your heart's right. It's not about the outside. It's about the inside. And when you truly love God and love people, and you truly understand the grace of God, your, your heart is soft. You care about the one. You can, why? Because I know I'm no better than you. I'm going through stuff too. I look in the mirror every day. I've got issues. I'm trying my best to get better by the grace of God. But if we have a church that doesn't look at the mirror and looks through the lens of, of what are other people doing, are we competing good? That's why as a church we're tithing to other churches locally. Why? Because I want us to understand we're not competing. We're not looking through the magnifying glass at other churches trying to say, oh, they're doing better than us. Oh, their Instagram post last week was better than ours. 
And listen, listen I, I, we get caught in that. I get caught in that too sometimes. I've got to back in the mirror. God cares about your heart. He cares about you. Just stay in your lane. Do what God's called you to do. You're not, you're not trying to compete against anyone. The only person you're competing against is yourself. Is anyone with me? Number two, the mirror will release grace in your life for others. <laughs> see, see, it's funny, isn't it? Adam and Eve, Adam sinned and Eve sinned and, and they hid, they ran because they realized the performance wasn't good enough but, but actually God the Father wanted to give them grace because he knew the, <laughs> sin, he knew the nature of sin, he knew they needed a savior. And so when we look in the mirror, if, if we don't, here's the thing, when we look at the mirror at ourselves, you know what it does? It makes us realize that we're not good enough. The Bible says, in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and fallen short. We need a culture in here that realizes that all have sinned, you have sinned. Every person that comes through the door, no matter what they look like from the surface, if they've got the cones up and you can see it, that's okay. We're not gonna wait for the right feeling to make them feel accepted and to chase after them and go after them and invite them into our circles. We're not gonna wait for the right feeling. It's a fact. We choose to love for all have sinned and fallen short. See, it's not about, Peter shared in pre-service there about how in Revelations 3 it talks about being lukewarm. See, you know what lukewarm is and how we get lukewarm? Lukewarm is not attractive at all. The Bible says it's actually better that you're cold, that, that, that your fire's out than you than being lukewarm. Why? Because lukewarm is going to church doing what is perceived to be hot, but on the inside you're, you're dead. On the inside there's no relationship with God. It's, it's all a front and so you fall into this trap of just going through motions. And it's, you're not enjoying it and nobody else is enjoying it. And you become, you will always become judgmental in that place of lukewarm. You will always veer towards religion and, and pleasing people in lukewarm. But if you can come cold, what does cold look like? Get in the mirror. Every time you go in the mirror, you get cold because you're like, oh my word, I'm a sinner. But, but, but then you remember because of what Jesus done on the cross, I can stand and lead worship. Because of the cross, I can stand and, and give a message. Because my message isn't about me, it's about Jesus. And see, this is the danger, and I've seen this for so many years, is that in churches, ministers, and churches have sometimes, I get it, they're, they're trying to help people behave better, right? And they're just preaching about behavior, but they're missing the core ingredient of really pointing people to Jesus and the behavior will come naturally after. It takes time. If you're looking for an instant result, you're gonna point people to behavior the outside and they lose the relationship of God because when you point to behavior, you're pointing to law. Dude, everyone right now, don't look at the roof. Don't. Don't look at the roof. What do you just want to do? What, what have I just inspired and, and nearly lit up? <laughs> biggest sinner in here. And he's leading worship. Welcome to church. But, but, but you see what's happening? We have a sin nature. We have, if, if, if we tell people not to do something, we're giving them the, law, the, the ministry of death, the law is called. So if we're t going in, don't do this and don't go there, you know what we're telling people to do? Go do it. 
We're actually encouraging them to go do it. We're, we're actually uh, get, we're fueling the fire of sin in their life. What? Absolutely. See, what I've realized, when you fall in love with, with God, when you fall in love with Jesus, you do more right by accident than you do by being just told what to do. Am I telling the truth? Number three, the magnifying glass will move, move you to judge others. Because the magnum, magnifying glass is focusing on performance. It's focusing on the outside. It's not focusing on the heart. Everyone's on a journey. Everyone's going through their own deal. And yes, God has got truth. And yes, God, that truth will help us create. A, it, the truth is what helps us to build a new path. If, if we're in construction work and, and we're putting a new surface on the road, it helps us to know where the road is and where the line should be. That's truth. And it gives us a straight path, but sometimes there's a process to recovery. Sometimes there's a process to restoration. Number four, magnifying others will move you away from God's purposes. You see, what happens is if you get into law, if you get into performance and judging people from the outside and, 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 and writing people off, judging is this way too. Oh, he could never come to church. He's not the kind of person I should invite to church. That's judging. You've said, you've told them, let them say no. G give your friends a chance to come to Jesus. Don't write them off because you think that they're not the kind of person for church. What you're saying, you're just limiting Jesus. If you read throughout the scripture, that's the very people that God used to build the kingdom. And so let's not be afraid of asking the craziest person in your work, the crazy uncle, the crazy auntie. Let's not be afraid because don't, let's not limit God. Magnifying others will move you from God's purposes. If you're in here and you're doing this to please me or please some of the leaders here or you're in your wee team, and yes, you might look up to some people, but if you're doing it to please them, it's gonna move you from God's purposes because your heart's starting to go towards performance. Your heart's starting to go towards, do people like me? What about God? God's the only person who can sustain you through every storm, through thick and thin, through up and down. He's the person we are here to please. When all people have uh, gone, the only person you're left with is God Almighty who created you and gives you a position on this earth. So we've got to not, the snare of the devil is that we begin to please man. It pulls us away. We look to the surfaces, what are people thinking about me? But actually, if you're gonna do what God's called you to do, you gotta see beyond, deeper than that. As the band come ahead on up. See, I love this. Instead of magnifying people, let's magnify God. It was that song, we magnify your name. Is that a song or did I just make that up? Because if it's not, let's get it written down and published. Is that a song? We magnify your name. Magnify your name in all the earth. You see, what we're doing there in that situation is we're coming to worship, to magnify not what's right about, wrong about our situation and our story and our road and our path and our kids and our work. We're magnifying and focusing on what is perfect and what is true and what is good. And what that does is it gives us a new filter. Because God, I'm not, I look in the mirror and I'm not perfect, but you are. 
I, I look at the mirror and I've got issues, but, but, but you don't. And you're a father and you love me and you're connected to me and you're in me and you're working through me. We magnify. And lastly, five, the mirror will release a move of God in your life because you see what the mirror does? It brings surrender continually. It brings correction and it brings repentance. And if we can look in the mirror daily, you will grow daily. And if we can grow daily, God can use us daily. And if we receive, if we repent daily, then God's grace comes daily. And if God's grace comes daily, I'm telling you, God will move daily in your life and not just in your life and others. God will use you. He will light you up by the grace of God, not, not by the performance of man, not by how good you've been. The grace will bring that. It's powerful. It's powerful. Repentance has been a word that's probably been abused in the way it's been presented. Repentance is the most par- powerful, positive thing you can do on this earth. You know what it, it means? It was actually what I had to do with the cone. I had to say, right, I'm going the wrong way. I thought it was the right way. It worked before. It didn't work. It's not, not how I would like it but I'm repenting and I'm just gonna do what I'm told. <laughs> I'm gonna align with truth, with what's right. I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna stay in the narrow path. I'm gonna trust God. He's gonna get me home. He did. I'm gonna trust this new road, this new way of life, this new way of doing things. I'm gonna surrender to the process that God has put in place. I'm gonna see him come by the grace of God and move in ways that I haven't maybe seen before. Amen. Right, you just want to go ahead and stand. We're going to respond to God right now. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at oriatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Aria Church Podcast.